Smartcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Psychic Visions Podcast. This is your host, Jason Zook. And this is Megan Kane. We're in the midst of a spiritual revolution. Our mission is to share and explore mysteries of the paranormal universe with our guests and you, our listeners, as we discuss healing, spirituality, life after death, and more. Psychic Visions Podcast, more than meets the eye. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Psychic Visions. We're your hosts, Megan Kane. And Jason Zook. And we are so excited to have our next guest on. Julie Ryan's amazing. <laughs> yes, Julie is amazing. And we've gotten to know her even after we filmed this because she actually gave me a reading. And guys, she is phenomenal. She gave me a medical reading and it was amazing. She was so on point and I actually felt energy work she was doing on me during the reading. So you guys are in for a treat. Jason, you want to tell them a little bit about what they're getting yeah. into here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Julie Ryan is a businesswoman, an inventor, an author. She has her own show, very well established. She's a serial entrepreneur, basically, who's very spiritual. She's psychic and she's a medical intuitive. She communicates with spirits, like scans animals, helps with past lives. And her books, Angelic Attendance, What Really Happens yeah. As We Transition From This Life mm -hmm. Into The Next. And she's also got children's books that yeah. are amazing. I have them at my store exactly. and they're, it's basically, they're books that basically teach children about if, if their grandparents were to cross over or something it's, or their pets were to cross over their dog or their cat. And it's yeah. a really beautiful way to show kids the transition process. And it's a really beautiful book. It sounds like they're amazing. Angel messages for kids and angel messages yeah. for dogs. I just, they're picture books and they showcase, like you said, the transition from one realm to the next. They do. They're so great. And then she's, she also has a podcast. Ask Julie Ryan, hundred right. countries, millions of listeners throughout so the world. Her conversation with us, I just think you're going to really enjoy it. We're going to start it now. Welcome to Psychic Visions. This is Jason Zook and Megan Kane. You and I are really excited about our first season doing this, our inaugural season. And today we have Julie Ryan coming on the show and it's great to have Julie on. And it's just exciting to have somebody who has such a breadth of knowledge to share with our audience, being a psychic and medical intuitive, having her own radio show that we're going to get into. She's also an author. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's going to be very exciting for us to be able to have Julie come on and share her gifts with our audience. I'm excited to pick her brain, ask her some questions. Let's bring her on. Welcome, Julie. Welcome, Julie, to the show. We're so happy to have you on and thank you for coming here today. I wanted to ask you for a purpose of our audience, if you could share how you became a psychic and medical intuitive. Sure. Delighted to be with you today, Megan. So nice to meet you. He talks yes. good about you behind your back. So. Oh, I love that. I love that he, <laughs> he talks good about you too. Good. We'd have so. to gang up on him otherwise, right? That's right. We get him. We yeah. get you, you wouldn't have a chance, Jason. Sorry. Just letting you know right now. Surrender. The, blonde, surrender. the blonde brigade would be That's after right. you. Yeah. <laughs> We're well, coming. <laughs> as you mentioned, I'm a medical intuitive and psychic. I tell people I'm a businesswoman who learned how to do woo and I'm a buffet of psychicness. I love that you call it. That's like the yeah, best. Yeah, it was woo. <laughs> 
it makes it's yeah. fun and it's interesting and it's magical. It and it so I think, I think woo's a great description. So I am a businesswoman. I am an entrepreneur. I've founded nine companies in five industries, and I'm an inventor of surgical devices sold throughout the world. So I truly am a businesswoman. And I am not a psychic who's had dead people chasing her since childhood, or if I didn't know it, let alone what I would have done with that information. So I learned how to do all of this stuff. And now I teach people all over the world how to do what I do. And my feeling about it is once we create the ability, we don't create it. Once we enhance our innate ability, we all come in with the ability to communicate with spirit. We all come in with intuitive abilities. We've all had times in our lives where we think of somebody and then all of a sudden we hear from them. They send us an email, they call us, they text us, we run into them and we think, I was just thinking of you. What a coincidence. There's no coincidence there. That's your intuitive psychic abilities at work. And we all come in with them. And it's just a matter of reinvigorating them because most of us shut them down when we're about seven or so. And it's a matter of just unearthing them and then enhancing them. And once we connect with spirit, we can do everything. We can do medical intuitive stuff. We can talk to deceased loved ones. We can talk to any spirit, whether it's attached to a body or not. We can talk to animals. We can do past life stuff. We can talk to spirit guides. We can tell how close to death somebody is, among other things. It's just a matter of once you're connected into spirit, you have the access to go wherever you want. And that's what I teach people how to do. That's what I do. And that's what I teach people how to do as well. I love that. So when did you find that transition from a traditional businesswoman and inventor creating all these amazing things for people to use? In one way or another, you've always been helping people. These synchronicities, there's more to these synchronicities than meets the eye. And how did you develop that? About 30 years ago, a little over 30 years ago, a friend gave me a book called Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mays. And I had been exposed to psychic things really from Shirley MacLaine out on a limb, her book. She was on Oprah probably in the eighties, I would think. And I used to have one of those VCR recorders and I would record Oprah and then I'd watch it later. And we'd have that VCR tape. We'd record it on the tape and then have to replay it. And so that, that was my first exposure to something more than just my normal Catholic upbringing, where we were praying to our guardian angel or praying to a saint or praying to the Holy Spirit or Jesus or God or the Virgin Mary or whomever. So that there's that. Then Shirley McLean, then I was given anatomy of the spirit and Carolyn Mace considers herself and calls herself a medical intuitive. And I thought, what the heck is that? I'd never heard that term before. And so I wanted to know more. And back then we didn't have the internet yet. So I did the old fashioned thing. And I went to a bookstore, Mm -hmm. a Barnes and Noble. That's what we did too. Barnes and Noble, the library. Noble to see what was there. And I found a book called called Hands of Light by Barbara Brennan, who's a former NASA physicist who parlayed very complex quantum physics principles into understandable English for the non-scientific mind. That would be me. And I thought, okay. So I I read her book and then I called her school and I said, do you have anybody teaching this stuff in my area? And lo and behold, they did. And so I embarked on a six-year education of learning how to do this stuff. 
And it was a lot of personal work. I, it, the first chapter of my book, Angelic Attendance, I talked more about that. And the whole time I was doing it, you guys, I thought, eh, I don't feel any differently. I don't know that anything's really happening, but I was compelled to continue to learn it. In the meantime, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a businesswoman, I'm doing my normal stuff. So I did that. And then it just developed over the years. And I sold my surgical device manufacturing company in 2015. And I thought, okay, now what am I going to do? I still had other companies, but they ran on their own. I didn't, they didn't take a lot of my time and effort and energy. And I was being led to write my book. So I read my book and then I was led to do a podcast and then I was led to teach. And now I just, you're step, led step by step. So there are fun stories along the way, but basically I learned how to do all of this. Fast forward now, I teach in four Saturdays on Zoom, people all over the world, how to do all this stuff that I learned how to do in six years. And people will say to me, how can you do that in four weeks, just four sessions? It's about 12 hours total. And I say, it's like communication. Back in the day, you could only communicate with somebody in person. And then we had the carrier pigeons. And then we had the horseback riders that would deliver information. And then we'd have the Wells Fargo wagon here in America and the postal service. And now we communicate via the internet and texts and Snapchats and whatever, all that stuff. So we go forward. And the things that I learned in my classes 30 some years ago were developed 40 years ago and longer. So again, fast forward, we've refined, we've been able to come up with ways to do these different roles quicker, faster, more efficiently, be able to teach it easier. So that's how it all came about. I love that. I just love how you explain things and tie them together. I think that fits real well under your purview. I want to ask you, because this is a topic Megan and I have a lot of interest in, past lives. I know that's something that you also have ideas about. And we spent like a lot of our personal time, we go out to eat or we hang out. We'll talk about past lives. We'll talk about these topics and having someone like you to come in and Offer your opinion is so helpful. And I want to see if you could share with our audience what your viewpoint is on the past life phenomenon. Past lives are so much fun. It's one of the most fun things I get to do. Actually, I had two clients this morning and we both did past life stuff with them. And so it was really fun. One was in Germany and one was here in America. And so how past lives work is we all come in when we incarnate. Our spirit is in heaven or wherever in spirit form. And we come in with something that we want to explore in experience. And it's a very generalized script, if you will. And we all come in to create. Now, there are a bazillion things you can create. And there are lots of things that we create every day in our lives. We create lunch. We create this opportunity to chat with one another on Zoom. We create things all day long. So past lives, I do a little differently, of course, because I'm an entrepreneur. I have Mm -hmm. to do it differently. And I envision myself in this endless hallway. I raise my vibrational level to level of spirit. Then I'm connected to spirit. I don't walk around doing this whoa stuff. I'm just like a regular person, but I turn it on in a nanosecond and turn it off in a nanosecond. So I envision myself in this endless hallway 
and it has very narrow walls and very tall ceilings. On the walls are these big square mirrors and they're lined up perfectly vertically and horizontally in columns. And then each mirror represents a different lifetime. So we'll ask a question like, was Jason involved in defending the wronged people in another lifetime? Is there, does Jason have any lifetimes in which are participating in him being a lawyer in this lifetime? And the lives that pertain to that will come out from the wall as if they're on a hydraulic arm. And I always ask a general question like that first, because I want to see how many lifetimes are coming out. How much is this resonating? And then I'll say, show me the one that resonates the most. That will come out the farthest. And then I'll go position myself. I'll get in front of that mirror and it'll be like I walk into the mirror and I'm in this scene. And this morning I saw myself jogging down the hallway to get to this mirror that was from, I believe it was 1637 and it was in Southern Italy near Naples. And there we came up with a lifetime. We come up with what the person's name is a lot of the time, what the year was, where it was, what was going on. And then how does that correlate with what's going on in the person's current life? There's always a continuum, if you will, thread that connects. And then that helps us understand why we have certain behavior. What are we, this in this case, this gal was afraid of something that made perfect sense to her that she'd experienced that in past lives. The other thing that's interesting, and I talk in analogies a lot because I believe they help give us a frame of reference for all this woo stuff that we're talking about. And my analogy for past lives is think about Hamlet. How many times has Hamlet been performed since Shakespeare wrote it in 1602? Who knows? Perhaps billions. Who knows? But think about where was it performed? In what city, in what country? Inside, outside, what was the language? What was the year? What was happening in the world at the time? Who were the actors? Who was the set designer? Who who was the costume designer? All of those nuances created a perspective of Hamlet at that time. And each time it was performed, it's performed with a different perspective, but it's the same script. So past lives, I think, are a great analogy for that because I'll see a running theme that will go through many past lives. And then each time we explore it from a different perspective, our spirit expands. Perhaps we have somebody who has an addiction problem in this lifetime, maybe a child. Perhaps we were the child in a past life or the grandparent of, or the doctor, or the colleague of, or the sibling of, or the friend of, or whatever. And we're looking at it from different perspectives, all at the same time, remembering time doesn't exist in the spirit world. Time is a human creation. So when we remember that, then we can say, okay, a hundred lifetimes of a hundred years, maybe isn't even a blip on the radar screen in our world, in our reality. And so it makes sense to me. That's my take on it. Uh, It does make a lot of sense. It's awesome. One time I was doing ancestry and I was really fascinated because my mom's line went on and on. I was up to the 16th 
great grandmother. And there was a row of these grandmothers. I was like all the way up at the top of this tree. And we're in like the 1300s. It went way back to like sirs and people, I don't know, people of nobility. And it was really cool. And there was this one woman, one great grandmother that I was stuck on. Like I wonder for some reason, I don't know if the information was coming to me more easily, but there was this one person that I was super focused on. And I got tired that night. I went to bed. And the next day I went to Jason's house to hang out with him because we're best friends. And we were just hanging out. I think we're having like a glass of wine or tea, something like that. We were hanging out on the couch. And he was like, were you doing ancestry? And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) he like reads me randomly sometimes. And he said the name of the woman. He goes something. And he said the full name though. I can't remember it now, but he said her name and had Anne in it. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) that's the woman I was like stuck on last night. And he goes, that's you in a past life. Just like that. And I was like, whoa, that makes so much sense. Cause I was like super focused on this one ancestor. So do you believe that you can actually reincarnate into your own family line? Or how do you believe that part of it works? Because Jason's usually on obviously on point with this stuff. And for him to come up with that name out of nowhere, a double name in the whole and it was just bizarre. It was not bizarre. We're used to this stuff by now. But still kind yeah. of blows yeah. your mind sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can do that. I, when you were talking about that, Megan, one of my graduates of my class lives in Hawaii and she's a native Hawaiian and we, she's real into genealogies. So she was doing genealogy stuff and she came across her, I don't know, quadruple great grandmother, (laughs) way far back. And she had some Hawaiian name, like Hukilaka, whatever. And I, (laughs) so I just, beautiful name. (laughs) I nicknamed her grandma Honolulu because it's something I can pronounce. And so we talked to Grandma Honolulu. Grandma Honolulu has led her on this path that reminds me of National Treasure, the Nicolas Cage movie. I think it's a good one. Which is a great one. Like the Indiana Jones movies. With all this stuff on the island and these elders and these hidden shrines and pyramids. And oh my God. And they, and everything has ended up being true that grandma Honolulu communicates. So not only do I believe in it, Megan, I also believe that we can communicate with your spirit back in that time and get information. The other thing that's interesting based on my perspective is that our heads are big satellite dishes and they receive and they transmit frequencies. Every spirit has a frequency that they keep throughout all of their lifetimes. So in order to communicate with any spirit, all you have to do is think of them. Doesn't matter if you knew them or not. You want to talk to your spirit back in that time. You talk to aunt, what was her name? Anna? Is that what you said? It was like something Anne or Anne, Anne. something. It was like a double name. I know there was Anne in it. I need to look up my ancestry. Okay. So you can talk to Anne in that lifetime and she can communicate with you, which is your spirit in a different time communicating with you. And you don't have to know them. You want to talk to Moses. You want to talk to whoever, Napoleon. It don't matter. It's so synchronistic. We're having this conversation because someone asked me yesterday if I could talk to, who would they ask me? Selena. (laughs) It's like, I'm sure I haven't tried before. But yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be somebody who's dead. I communicate with spirits attached to people every day. You, that's the indigenous cultures, the Aboriginal cultures out of Australia, 
and people in the Amazons and the Mayans and all of them, they've been communicating telepathically across vast distances for millennia. So it's all the same thing. It's our spirit connecting in with someone else so we can have a conversation with them. Just It's just a matter of turning your abilities on and off. I wanted to ask you about spirit guides, guys that you work with. And if you could share with our audience, your relationship with your spirit guides, when I give readings or Megan gives readings, we have our own guys we plug into, but I'd love to have a, have you share that with our audience. Sure. When I get somebody on my radar, normally there are about seven spirit guides that are with them and they're in a horseshoe configuration behind them. And the spirit guides all appear to me initially as looking like Father Time, a version of Dumbledore from the Harry Potter movies or Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings movies, old man, white beard, white long hair, white gown. And then when we talk with them, then they morph into looking like what, how they appeared in the lifetime that correlates the most with what they're advising my client about. My spirit guide is my main spirit guide is a dead Pope. His name is Clement the sixth and a fun story. If I may share of how he showed up, I was with my mentor and he, my deceased loved ones, when she's doing a healing on me, I'm laying on a massage table face up with a blanket on, and she's doing a healing on me. My deceased loved ones line the side of the rooms. And then there's some other spirit guides that are in there. And so this dead Pope shows up one day and he's got his whole Pope outfit on the hat, the vestments, (laughs) the shepherd's rod, the whole nine yards. And I said, who are you? And Susan, my mentor could see him too. And I said, who are you? And he said, Clement. And I said, I never heard of a Pope Clement. He laughed and he said, I was number six. I said, all right, can I help you? Kind of like, why are you here? And he said, you're supposed to teach the world what happens when somebody dies. And I said, I'm not doing that. I'm a businesswoman. People are going to think I'm nuts. I'm not doing that. (laughs) And he said, yeah, just get on with it. So I left Susan's a little while later and I was in my car and just for kicks, I Googled him on my phone. Come to find out this guy was in office during the bubonic plague, during the black plague, when two thirds of Europe died and he's best known for his prayers for the dying and his prayers for the dead. And I'm thinking, okay, I can't make that up. I never heard of this guy, let alone that he was the sixth. So the interesting thing about that is that he's been my main spirit guide since, and he shows up, I bring him in. If I talk to him and I'll ask him, what do you think about this? And we debate back and forth. I'm the only person I know of that argues with their spirit guide. (laughs) I can tell him 15 (laughs) reasons why I can't do something. And he'll say, I just do it. I tease him. I say, you treat me like I'm a Nike ad. He goes, just do it. And of course he's, of course he's always right because, oh, he's a spirit and he's got connections to universal intelligence, but yeah, it's really been a fun, fun relationship. And I tease him at sometimes I'll say, you don't have to wear the hat and everything when you're around me. I know who you are by now. He says, yeah, (laughs) but it's just better when I wear it. Don't you think? Yeah, he's hilarious. It's an official image. It's like his appearance. It's his appearance. It's how that spirit is showing up so that I can have a frame of reference for who he was, what he did. The my whole journey with all this, ask Julie Ryan 
business that I've created over the past five years or so has been him prodding me, him saying, do this. And I'm saying, I don't have the time. I don't know how to do this. I don't blah, 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 blah. And then before you know it, within a week, I'm doing it because he's (laughs) prodding me. And so it's been really fun. The spirit guides that come in, another one of my spirit guides is Mary Magdalene. And I've And she always shows up with a gaggle of women. She always has at least two other women with her. And she's dressed with the veil, like the Virgin Mary, like they dressed back in Jesus' time. The first time she showed up, I said, why are you with me? And she said, this was early on before I really started this business. And she said, because you will be ridiculed by some people and you'll be misunderstood by a lot of people. And I know a lot about that. Yes, she did. Okay. Yeah. Basically mm-hmm. besmirched and defamed and people telling stories that were untrue about her. And so she said, I'm going to help you do that. I'm going to help you navigate those waters, which fortunately I really haven't had much issue with any of it. Once in a blue right. moon, I'll get somebody right. and then I'll just go, maybe this isn't for you. And then they'll say, bro, I want to know, <laughs> tell me. Have you guys experienced that? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Big time. I bet. I bet. We have discussions about it with each other. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you say to people when they say, oh, you have to prove it to me. You have to prove that. Show me what you can do. You have to prove this. From my vantage point, Megan, I'm sure you can join in because you have people come into your shop all the time asking spiritual stuff. People come to me and if they act like you need to show me this, you need to prove this to me, I'll say, look within yourself for spirituality first. You got to have an open mind to come to me and for it to work the best for any one of our caliber is the person has to be open themselves and they have to have a connection where they understand that what we're picking up for them is for guidance, clarity, reassurance, helping to settle some anxious thoughts or those kind of things. And I find that when someone tries to show, I need to be evidentiary. You need to show me I'm not in court. I'm a psychic. I'm not a lawyer right now. And I'm, I can separate the hats like you do or Megan does. And I don't have to show you anything that you don't believe yourself. You have to believe that there's a higher power for this stuff to, to make sense to you, I think, but we're all spiritual beings living in a physical world. Definitely. And I've had readings where I've had people say, I don't know who that person is, or I've had if I'm doing mediumship and I've had other times where people have almost like in psychic denial, like they don't want to confront some of these things that are being brought to the light or they push them so far back that they're not ready to hear it yet. But I always have I those readings. I've always had those people come back to me. If someone said, I don't know who that person is, or they give me an attitude or something like that within a week or two, they usually call me. I'm like, I know who that is now. And they like nice, they're nicer about it. And I've also had where they come later and they say, oh, I know what this is now. So usually they'll come back and clear it up. But at first I used to get really upset about it. When I first started doing professional readings, I would call Jason and be like, am I even doing this right? Am I even psychic? What's happening? And then of course that person would come in and tell me, oh, you did get this right, but I didn't feel comfortable or it was my best friend's mom. It didn't click or whatever it is. Jason, one time when we were talking previously, you said, this isn't Jeopardy. I don't have to come up with all the right answers. And I thought that is so perfect. That's such it's a true. answer. I know Megan and I both can talk to this as well. I don't know if you've ever had situations where people try to come to you for advice 
and you're not really connecting with them because they're either shut down or they're grieving too much or they're just not spiritually open or connected. And I've told people, I'm not really connecting with you. We're not vibing right now. You may want to try another psychic, but I'm sorry. I just don't connect to everybody. I'd like to, I'd love to, but some people, if they come in with an ax to bear, they might need to go to a counselor first before coming for a reading if they're grieving somebody. And everyone has their own motives. And I always like to tell people from the public that if you want to see a psychic like yourself or us, you should have an open mind and you should do some of that prior work to heal. Because once that occurs, we could do so much more as a positive impact to giving them that, that information that they're so desperate for sometimes, that reassurance just to know. And that's big. That's powerful. It's demystifying. I like the idea that we can demystify what life's like after death, what the transition process is. Like. And I wanted to see if you could, it's a big part of who you are to define what happens after this particular realm that we live in, this existence. And I wanted to see if you could share that with our audience. Your, from your experience of talking to your spirit guides and Clement the Sixth or Mary Magdalene or anyone else, what have you found out about with the afterlife that you'd like to share with our audience? Before we even get to the afterlife, my big mission is to help educate people what happens as we're dying, because there's lots of information out there about what happens when we're in heaven and lots of information about near-death experiences and grieving and how to grieve, but not a lot of information about what is happening when we're currently transitioning. And so what I see is in my mind's eye is our deceased loved ones and angels and the spirits of deceased pets are there to greet us and welcome us to heaven. And I've come up with this formula called the 12 phases of transition. And it's a configuration that changes as the person gets closer and closer to death. And they're on my website, askjulieryan.com. There are illustrations of this. And that's what I talk about in my book, Angelic Attendance. And it's as Clement would say, Pope Clement would say, it gives something that's just a heart-wrenching situation that we're all afraid of, a glorious component. And when he first showed up, he said, people, he said, death has just been bastardized. Dying has been bastardized over the years. And my parish priest, my pastor had the best line I've ever heard about this. And he said, people are afraid when they're dying. They don't know if they're going to fly or they're going to fry. <laughs> and I thought, that is so perfect. I told him, I said, I'm going to poach that. I'm going to use that, but I'll give you credit. He said, okay, good. He's a character. And so when we know that we're surrounded by angels and deceased loved ones, it helps soothe that fear because, okay, it's a glorious situation. The other thing that's interesting, a couple of points, university-based research has shown that 90% of people at the end of their life see the spirits of deceased loved ones and or the spirits of deceased pets as they're approaching death, either in visions or dreams. That's a pretty high percentage. And these people were all screened for their mental capacity and make sure they weren't drugged up and all of that. And then the other thing that I find so interesting about what I see, the 12 phases of transition is... Being raised Catholic, I, of course, have attended a bunch of Catholic funerals, and there's a prayer said at the end of every Roman Catholic funeral. It's called In Paradiso, and it talks about your the angels and your loved ones will greet you and lead you into paradise, and that's what I see happen. 
So when I was researching, where did that originate when I was writing my book, I learned that it started as a fifth century Gregorian chant. And perhaps it took till the fifth century till someone was well-educated enough so that they could read and write. And certainly back then, the most well-educated people were men living in monasteries and synagogues. They were the keepers of the records. And so I find it fascinating. And I believe that people since the beginning of time have been able to see this. And certainly as we've become more well-educated in the past 200 years or so, even a hundred years, we have become more proof-based. And so something that we didn't have proof for was just discarded. Whereas it's something that's every culture talks about angels and the elders and regardless of what culture it is. So I find that the references are all there. It's just, I see it as my role to help spin it into something that's more palatable based on our current day understanding of things. And so I love it when science catches up with what has been around a lot longer than science. To answer your question though, Jason, I went down a rabbit hole on that. As far as the afterlife, what I hear from talking to thousands of dead people, I've probably done easily over 20,000 scans. I'll probably scan 3,000 people or more a year between my show and individual clients. And what I find is that the spirits are around us all the time. All we have to do to connect with them is just think of them. Remember, every spirit has its own frequency. As soon as you think of them, they immediately come in. It's like the Bewitched TV show. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that analogy. Yeah. yeah. And I was just watching Bewitched last week because I have them on TV again. But. I love it. I love it. Samantha Stevens, What for those of you that are listening that don't know, it was a TV show in the 60s. I think it was the 60s and 70s. Yeah. 60s probably. And I watched it growing up and I thought, oh. I want to be like her when I grow up. And now I am. Wiggle your nose. And then it's amazing. I thought the same thing when I watched her on Naked Night in the eighties. So exactly. So for those of you that are listening, that don't know what we're talking about. I promise it's not secret code. It was a TV show where the star was a witch who married a human husband. So all all her witchy relatives and friends would come in and out and it was just a riot, but she would yell mother and her mother and Dora would come in or Dr. Bombay or uncle yes. Arthur, they would come in right away. That's how it works. You think of them Definitely. and they immediately come in. And then when we talk with them, all we have to do is just say something either aloud or in our head, they're going to answer within a second, as fast as you can snap your finger. Sometimes even before the thoughts are all the way thought out they'll be answering us. And I know you guys experience that with spirit. So what spirit tells me is it's just, they have a thought and it materializes and they think it's really fun because they can be on a safari in the, and then in the next second, they're skiing down the Matterhorn. And then the next second they're riding a bullet train in Japan and they're whatever. The other thing that I see often, which just cracks me up is, you know how in Harry Potter, Dumbledore in his office has that big book. It's like a big encyclopedia or something. And he's got it open and the pages all flip on their own. I've seen several spirits show me that they're learning. I had one guy tell me that he was learning about gladiators and it took probably two seconds in the whole book. He 
he, the book was on its own. It was just flipping the pages. And I said to his daughter with whom I was talking and I said, he's studying gladiators. She goes, oh, he was obsessed with gladiators when he was alive. <laughs> the Russell Crowe movie, he watched it like weekly, I think. So it's funny how spirit shows us stuff. I'm sure you guys feel the same thing in a way that we can try and make sense of it based on our human frame of reference. That's important. It's always interesting. Absolutely. Does that answer your question, Jason? I went down a bunch of Extremely well. Thank you. No, absolutely. Julie, I want to ask you this. I know, Megan, we deeply appreciate everything you're sharing today and having a novel point of view and sharing your knowledge of this stuff is powerful for us and we appreciate it. I wanted to ask if you could share your podcast and the Ask Julie Ryan show with our audience and give them a chance to know more about it and just to share your information in that way with our audience. Sure. Ask Julie Ryan. The Ask Julie Ryan show is recorded live every Thursday night from eight to 10 Eastern. And it's a blast. It goes two hours. It's a syndicated radio show that we then release the next morning as a podcast. And so you can find it on any of the, anywhere you download podcasts. We're also on YouTube and Alexa and it's people call in and they ask me questions about whatever. Last night I did a show. It was show 304 last night. Congratulations. And and I'll have a bunch of callers that'll call in each week. And I can usually get 10 to 12 on. It's a two hour show with commercial breaks. And last night I had questions about how close to death is my loved one. What is happening with my dog? Is it in my best interest to move? If I move, which one of these cities is going to be best for me? A lot of medical stuff, some things about wanting me to scan other people. And I always ask people's permission telepathically before I scan them because it's an ethical thing. Jason, I know you're an expert on ethics with psychics, which I really appreciate that you're the only one out there talking about it, but I will never, I won't ever scan somebody medically without their permission, whether I'm with them or talking with them on the phone. If you wanted me to scan your mom, Megan, I would connect Mm -hmm. to you. And then from you to your mom, and I would ask her telepathically for her permission. Sometimes I get it. Sometimes I don't, but All is not lost because we can talk to their spirit. I equate that with, if you have pneumonia, you're going to tell me what you want me to know about that, but I'm not looking at your chest x-ray without your permission. So I see that as an invasion of privacy and I just won't do it. And people, I've had people beg me, please, you know, what the hell you have to scan my child and the child's too and say, no. You can't scan me. I won't scan them. Won't do it. It's good though that you do that. It's so good to have your moral standings and know, have a protocol with everything that you do to keep your karma in check. Yeah. And I just think it's the right thing to do when you hear about these psychics that are driving up to McDonald's and telling the little checkout girl, your dead grandmother is standing behind you and she has a message for you. I'm just thinking that's such an invasion of privacy. Ask them first, hey, I'm a psychic. May I give you a message? At least do that up front Mm -hmm. instead of just blurting it out because you don't know what the information is going to elicit, what kind of an emotional response. 
So may not right. be the time and the place. And yeah. not everybody's approachable. Not everybody wants exactly. to be told what about their deceased grandmother unless yeah. they're ready and open to it. Exactly. So ask Julie Ryan every Thursday. It's a blast and it goes very fast. And then you can listen to it anywhere you download podcasts or on YouTube. Everything's at Ask Julie Ryan. All my social media, everything's Ask Julie Ryan. I love that. And everybody, if you want a copy of her book, you have a book for the kids. I do. Uh, Actually, messages for kids. Anybody, I love anybody that. that's listening, if you'd like a free copy of my book, Angelica Ooh, so Hennis, What yes. Really Happens as We Transition from This Life into the Next. Or any of my children's books, Angel Messages for Cats, for Dogs, and for Kids. Here's the kids one. They're darling. They have beautiful illustrations in them about angels giving messages to children. And it's about, that's my daughter-in-law, Mallory, (laughs) the veterinarian with her dog, Rooney. (laughs) Sometimes I I send my illustrator actual pictures. I love your orbs of light on the left. Yeah, yeah, that's how they come through. That's so beautiful. And it's so great for you to introduce or for people to introduce spirituality to their children young and let them have an open mind to, hey, maybe I did see an angel or maybe I did have this experience rather than shutting down these gifts that we are born with and such good tools to have throughout your whole life. And it's so great that we have these books now like that you're creating for these parents and children. And there's so many psychic children out there. I know my nephew's psychic and I'm, I wish I had a book like that to give him when he was growing up because he saw auras and so many things. So I think that's so great that you're doing that. And what a special gift. You're so generous and so sweet to do that for our audience. So everybody listening, contact her, get your book. Yeah. because They're, go they're to, amazing. Just go to askjulieryan.com, click on the ask Julie button and just say, Hey, I heard John, Jason and Megan's show. I'd love a copy of Angelica Tennant's or a copy of your book. And then if you have children or grandchildren and you'd like the children's books, put a note in there about that too. And we'll send you free copies. The children's books, interestingly enough, Megan, were as a result of many parents, primarily mothers that said, can you please put something together so I can explain to my child how they can... They are telling me they're talking with my dead granddad, who's been dead for 30 years and they know information. There's no way they, that they could know, or how yeah. does my child know this information about past lives? And we can corroborate the details that my child is getting with historical documents online. I see and you then, doing a collection, by the way. I see you doing yes, a, angel a messages. Mm-hmm. And then at a funeral. We were telling little Johnny that grandma's in heaven and Johnny's saying, no, she's not. She's asleep in that box up there. <laughs> she's like, he can see yeah. grandma in the casket. Yeah. And it's how just do you fine. make sense of that to a three-year-old? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with gifts when I was little and it was very hard to have these experiences and not know how to articulate them, who to talk to about these experiences, what was real, what wasn't, what was my imagination. Like it really confused me as a kid. And I really wish someone had given me a book like this. I know people tried to give me like the Bible. I had a deck of tarot cards given to me when I was a child. People were handing me things, but nothing really clicked until I was older. But it's so great that you have this. I know that in my store, these would do really well. So I'm definitely going to contact you after the show as well and have some of these in my store because some of your books in my store, because I know they would do really well because of the questions that we get on a weekly and daily basis at Royal Susie. It's, this is right up our alley. And it's so great that 
spirit and your guides and God or whoever you believe in is directing you this way because you've done so much for literally the world already. And I'm so excited to see what else you do, where this journey takes you, what the spiritual breadcrumbs are leading you to, because your guides are always giving you new things to act upon, which is so cool. New training coming out online, self-paced in the next couple of weeks called angels and enlightenment training. So that'll be fun. That's going to be on your website too. Yes. Okay. I'm going to have to sign up (laughs) to look into all of these things and I'm going to post them as well on, on my, my shops page as well. So any of the people who shop with us in our metaphysical center can have all these options and courses they can do. It's so great that you're offering these things. I'll just, I just want to, I want to thank you for coming on. I know Megan and I talk about this regularly, how we feel there's a strong spiritual renaissance occurring right now. After the whole last two years of all the uncertainty we've been through, I feel like the public is more receptive to this stuff more than ever before. And it's such a pleasure to have you on to share these concepts and ideas in such a way where I feel like it's relatable, it's digestible. There's nothing that we're discussing that should scare anybody. And I feel like we can all connect and be part of the larger fabric of one, which is what we're all about. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing with us everything that you've shared today. I did want to ask you if you had a viewpoint, if you believe there's a spiritual renaissance going on as well, as we shared from ourselves, if you agree with that. Yeah, I guess you could call it a renaissance that people are reinvigorating their interests and coming out of the closet like me and like you guys and saying, okay, yeah, I know it's kind of there, but (laughs) this is what we do. (laughs) Brass balls and Megan, you and I have golden ovaries. We we do courage to do that. Guys have brass balls. Girls have golden ovaries. Yeah. So (laughs) I guess, yes. Is that, what do you mean by Renaissance? I mean, you just define like an opening up of a newness to the feeling that maybe 10 years ago, we were talking about the past and like in the past being open was difficult, was challenging. People thought you were crazy. And now I find the more that I open up to people have stories to share with me too. Because in the past, I was always scared to say, oh, I predicted this or I sensed my grandfather. I saw my grandfather who I never met or different experiences that that would happen to me over the years that I started being able to feel like I could speak more openly about it with people like without well, having other, a reaction. <laughs> the other thing to your point, Jason, is people will say to me, that's the devil. You don't want to be messing around with the devil. I said, what's well, not the devil? And they'll say, well, the church says you can't do this and this. My pastor, my priest gave me a link to an encyclical from the Vatican, from Pope Francis. I think it was released in 2016 that urged all pastors in the Catholic, the Roman Catholic church to welcome psychics and healers because they were doing the work of the Holy spirit. So when you got something coming from the Vatican saying that to Catholics who think it's just devil worship, it just gives it a whole different spin. That sounds like. And my son went to a Catholic school with nuns that are in the old habits and the veils and the rosaries on their waist and the whole nine yards. And I'm the first one they would call when one of them were sick because one of them, when one of them was sick, because they'd say, okay, sister Mary Tabernacle has this pain. Can you scan her and see what's going on? So yeah, it's not what people think it is. It's all based in love and spirit, which is all pure joy and pure love. I love that. I love that we could leave 
our conversation on that's such a positive note to think that the Vatican is saying consult with psychic healers and people who have those abilities. That's powerful. And I think from our vantage point, we appreciate having validity to this stuff finally being given from authority figures in the religious community, like the Catholic faith, for example. And I was told growing up, Julie, just so you know, my grandmothers were both psychic, my great grandmothers, and they met at a psychic fair and then introduced my grandparents at a tarot reading. So I come from a line of readers and they actually, my grandmother told me that her mother and my grandfather's mother used to read for the Catholic priest in New York. So it wasn't as taboo in the twenties and thirties and forties. What I was told by my grandmother, it was more like when they stopped speaking Latin and converted to speaking English. And then a lot of the traditions and a lot of the stuff that would be considered more ritualistic aren't as in the front line anymore. Yeah. Kings and Queens and Popes throughout the ages all had psychic consultants, I guess, psychic advisors, Merlin, the magician. Merlin was a psychic for King Arthur, whether you believe in King Arthur's court or not. There's, I met an author recently who writes historic novels and she has done several on the Arthurian legend and she's been able to find historical data that corroborates a lot of it. And it didn't happen in England. It happened in Scotland, which is interesting. So yeah, a lot of that, I think, I think the whole astrology thing and the tarot thing and the, all of that throughout the ages, there's always been that. And look at the Greek gods. Every culture has that mythology and that spiritual spark to it. So I agree with you. What a fascinating story from your grandmother. It was really yeah. weird because I actually saw my, I saw my great grandmothers before I even knew that, that was the case. I saw them in a vision when I was 21, they came to me and they said, and they were like, just old ladies. I didn't recognize them. And they go, hi, we're grandmas. And I was like, Hey grandmas, who are you? Like old ladies. And then we're psychic and you're psychic. And I just laughed and I was like, what does this mean? And then I was talking with my grandmother before she passed away. And I was just curious because I would hear stories about, Oh, grandma predicted this or grandma did this reading or grandma did that. And then, so I asked her, I said, which grandma was psychic? Was it your mom or grandpa's or grandpa's mom? And that's when she told me, she said, both of our moms, like we met at a tarot reading. And I was like, what? And then when she said that I had that flash from seven or eight years earlier, where I thought I was just literally tripping out. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, that was real. Like I really did see my great grandmothers. I wasn't just having an episode or whatever. It was mind boggling really. And then she told me more about how my grandparents met and my grandmother, my great grandmothers. And my dad has also been able to fill in a few blanks for me over the last few years. My mother, who was ultra conservative, and I talk a lot about her in my book, because that's the first time I saw the 12 phases of transition when she was dying in 2002. And she used to read Jean Dixon's column in the newspaper every day. And Jean Dixon was an astronomer or not astronomy, astrology gal. And she was a psychic and she would predict the future. And the one thing that I remember the most is this was when I may have been in high school when my mother read something that Jean Dixon predicted. And she predicted that all of the Kennedy from JFK's family, that Caroline would be the only one remaining that Jackie would die, that John Jr. would die early and all of that. And this was 
20 years easily before that transpired. And that's always stuck with me that my ultra conservative mother was reading Jean Dixon's column every day in the newspaper because that's they read the newspaper every day. Mm-hmm. And she told me about that. And it's always stuck with me. That's amazing. I love that your mom was into it. Yeah. yeah, me too. And I love that our families are open, somewhat open to it and embrace us. Is your family, has your family embraced you with everything that you do transitioning from an inventor, big businesswoman to still a businesswoman, but a psychic healing medium businesswoman? <laughs> Over time, usually when, uh, with medical stuff, when I scan them and I'd nail something and then they'd get it validated. The doctor would go, oh, there's something there. My older brother gave me all kinds of grief until one of his <laughs> best friends had a, and we're very close. And he's a big joker, mm-hmm. big kidder. And he, one of his best friends had a stroke and they, he was in surgery and they were removing his part of his skull to room to allow room to expand because his brain was swelling. And they didn't think he'd maybe even make it out of the operating room. And he called me and he said, Tim, his friend's name, he said, Tim's had a stroke. Do your thing. <laughs> I said, okay, do my thing. And he yes. said, yeah. And so I really didn't think he would leave the OR either. I thought he would die on the table, but he was a corporate lawyer. Jason, you'll appreciate this. And his father had this huge development company and Tim was his legal his corporate counsel. And they were getting ready to close on some big deal. And he gave him some information for my brother through me to give his dad that nobody else knew. And so my brother did that in the waiting room of the surgical waiting room. And he said his dad had to sit down because he said, there's no way you would not, there's no way you could have known that. And it was very specific (laughs) stuff. Attorney-client privilege protects that aspect. And if you're picking up on stuff outside of that, there's a reason. Not only that, but it's coming from his son who's in surgery, getting part of his skull removed in the middle of this crazy surgery. And so my brother, that, that really got to him to the point where he sometimes when other family members have been dying and I'm communicating with them, I always ask if somebody's dying, I always ask, are you ready to go? What do you need? Are you in pain? Yeah. And I'll get answers. And so there have been times where he said to me, you keep your mouth shut. You do not tell anybody any of this stuff until they <laughs> ask you. I'm like, you're not the boss of me. Yeah. That's so great. And I'm sure they come to you now. And when, when, of course, since you've they done do. it once, they'll come to you. They mm-hmm. do. And my son and all of his friends, they just grew up with it. I have one son. And even I, ha- I have several stepchildren and five grandsons through marriage. And so the teenagers, they'll text me, hey, Mimi, this hurts. Can you scan me? And it's just so wonderful that they just don't even think twice about it. They just, it's just natural mm-hmm. to them. My, my son's friends, Miss Julie, I live in the South. I live in Alabama. Miss Julie, my throat hurts. Do I need to go to the doctor? Do I need antibiotics? Can you scan me? What's going on? The thing. So it's an honor to do it and to help them. But yeah, That's no, the it's amazing just thing. Second, second nature to them. And then also talking with spirit guides. They want to talk to their spirit guides, especially if they're deciding, should I change jobs? Do I, what college do I go to? What? It's the best thing for me to do 
And these are teenagers saying to me, Hey, Mimi, can you, can we talk to my spirit guide? They all know their spirit guides names because we get their names. That's powerful. I love that. Introducing younger generations of spirituality through your family and your connections. That's yeah. You're a messenger basically when you think you're doing your, you're doing your work. That's for sure. (laughs) Doing my work. And it's a blast. It's the most fun thing I've ever done. And I've never starting nine businesses. I'm all about spreadsheets and measurables and business plans and stuff like that. I have no plan with this. People go, what do you do it next? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the people that I need to show up, always show up right when I need them. I love love that. So, yeah. It's really fun. We appreciate having you on, Julia. It's been a breath of fresh air to have you yeah. on. Catch up I could just you. talk to her all day, Jason. Yeah, like, I told you that. Have her come back on because I would love that. Five minutes is not enough. We I we need so to do to something learn. together. We I would love that. Yeah. Something in person. We should I'll come I, down and we'll I would love that. I would love that. I would love Let's that. Okay. Absolutely. We and we can even host you at my shop and we can have you like a book signing or whatever you want to do. We can do some fun things. Would that would that. be great. I'm game. Yeah. Okay. We're making maybe, plans. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things Megan and I talk about before we start psychic visions is we talk about the amazing people do spirit work that we get introduced to on a daily basis. And we call it like spirit family and you're a part of our spirit family, our extended spirit family. And we're just so glad to have you on psychic visions today because we want our audience to learn about the positive aspects of what spirituality can do for us on a daily basis in a practical way. Yeah, so change your life for the better. hundred percent. If you read books like Julie has written, if open your mind and come into stores like Royal Susie, have readings with someone like this. It really opens your mind up and you, it's so beneficial. My life has completely changed since I tapped into my spirituality and really started using the tools that God gave me since day one, that I've just been sitting in this toolbox, not being used. People like us can collaborate. I'm just really excited to see what we do from here. Thank you for coming on, Julie. We appreciate you so much. And oh, uh, my honor. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, right. And you guys know where to find her. Can you give us your Instagram handle for people who want to find sure. you on social media? Ask Julie Ryan. Everything's at Ask Julie Ryan. If you Love just... It. Plug in Ask Julie Ryan on social media. You'll find me on all the channels. If you plug in Ask Julie Ryan on an internet search, you'll find me. Yeah. And I just love your energy. I've been like, everything you've been saying, I've been getting a lot of kinds of visuals. And it's like the way you describe things too. It's such, it's so easy to grasp. I think even for people who aren't used to the way we talk or aren't used to the spirituality, anyone who just tuned into this first time, for example, I think they could really relate to everything you're saying and really understand it. So thank you so much for coming on. And we're just so honored to have you here. And can't wait to see you again soon. Thank you. Sending you love from Sweet Home, Thanks. Alabama. <laughs> thank love you. Love from Florida. <laughs> love Florida. Thank you. So I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Julie Ryan because we sure did. And we learned so much. I thought it's funny when she describes herself during the interview is very plainly saying she's a businesswoman who does. I just want to hear her say <laughs> over and over again. That'll make me happy if I could just hear her say woo because that was like the funniest thing. I've never, honestly, I've never had really heard it called. I don't know if I've heard it called woo I think it's like more an old fashioned thing. It was too funny for me. Humor sometimes is a good bridge to bridge two different types of thinking or people together. And I think that because she has such a great sense of humor, I think it makes her even more likable other yeah. than the fact that she's brilliant and a writer and a psychic and really friendly and beautiful. But yeah, her creative abilities. Utilizing those creative abilities to communicate the message of spirituality to her audience through sure. picture books and through her ability, her creative talents with her podcast. I just think it's fascinating. So I really enjoyed having her on. And the fact is her message is that 
it's not special for just certain people to be intuitive. It's all of us can do this. You can learn how to do mm-hmm. this. I find it very empowering. She is so inspiring. And I just love listening to her podcast. I tune into her Instagram and there's a bunch of clips on her Instagram of her podcast for those of y'all who want to tune into her and get something right now, <laughs> go listen to her podcast. You can also go to her Instagram and there's a lot of different clips and I and ideas there and her theories and I don't know, she's just great. So we'll have all that information in the show notes, but definitely check out her information. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Till next time, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow Psychic Visions Podcast on Instagram. Psychic Visions Podcast is a production of Electrocast Media. Our executive producers are Mark Netter and Peter Rafelson. If you like our show and enjoy what you hear, please subscribe and give us a rating wherever you enjoy podcasts. And always remember, harness your inner power. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electricast production. Electricast. Electricast.